Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Jay Bear and Joe Polizzi, and we're going to explore why marketers are placing big bets on podcasting. But first, I've got an awesome new discovery for you. After untangling a school of anacondas, look what Michael Stelzner found. Do you ever create images for sharing on social media or Perhaps are you looking to get some color palettes that might go well with your website or, you know, maybe color isn't your thing and um, you're just not sure how, you know, what colors go with other colors. Well, I found a really cool website that's going to make your job a lot easier if you're using any of these third-party tools like PicMonkey or Canva and you're not sure what your color palette should be. There's this cool site called paletton.com, P-A-L-E. T-T-O-N.com. Now, when you go to this website, you see a really big wheel, which we call color wheel in the design industry. You hover your mouse over anywhere you want on the wheel. And as you do so, off to the right is a box of complementary colors. For example, I'm clicking on a blue and I see different hues, if you will, of blue. And what's really cool about this is You can click on this thing that says examples, and it will show you how this color scheme would actually look on a website, and it's really very cool. In addition, they've got this thing called vision simulation, so you can click on colorblind simulation, and you can see how this color palette would look to someone who's colorblind. I mean, this is really, really cool stuff, and it goes way beyond what I'm talking about. The site is totally free, and what's cool is once you see your color palette, you can hover over the color and it will give you, um, I think what's called the hex score. It's a, um, uh, it's a, it's a numerical thing, alphanumerical symbol that you can put into any, uh, application you might be using, especially those of you that are using like an illustrator or Photoshop, and that will allow you to quickly get the color selected. And if you click on the color, it'll also give you the RGB equivalent. So it's really very, very cool. Check it out at Peloton dot com p-a-l-e-t-t-o-n dot com did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week you won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and with that let's transition over to today's expert interview. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. And make that plural guests. I'm very excited to be joined today by Jay Bear and Joe Polizzi. 
If you don't know who Jay is, he's the host of the Social Pros Podcast and Jay Today, a video podcast. He's also the man behind marketingpodcast.com, a aggregation search engine for marketing podcasts, and his company is Convince and Convert. Jay, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, my friend. Delighted to be back on the show. And I'm also joined by Joe Polizzi. He podcasts over at This Old Marketing and also Content Inc. And This Old Marketing is a weekly show with Robert Rose. And Content Inc. is his uh, more frequent show. He's the founder of the Content Marketing Institute and the man behind the Content Marketing World Conference. Joe, welcome. Michael, more than a pleasure. It's like a podcast trifecta we've hit here. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to have the three of us to chat about podcasting because I, I definitely would say a few years ago, this is probably not a dialogue we would have had. So um, we all have multiple podcasts and I want to ask why. And Joe, since you're the newest amongst the three of us to the world of podcasting, why don't we start with why do you have a podcast slash podcasts? Well, you mean besides the multiple messages you kept sending me like every day, like when are you going to launch a podcast, Joe? That's the <laughs> that was that was actually as a big as you a lot heard of the clarion who, call. That's good, including yourself. We're saying that I should get going with that, but you know, a couple things. Um, first, we'd been doing some research, actually talking to marketers for the last five six years, and over the last couple of years, we were looking at this thing called. Uh, you know, what are the most effective content marketing professionals out there? And what was so super interesting, I don't even know if you know this, guys, but there are the when there's a gap analysis we did, and we looked at what is between the biggest difference in tactics between the most effective and the least effective. And there were actually two tactics, books and podcasts. And that really got my attention. And so what that means is the most effective marketers out there are actually finding major success with podcasts. That's the one thing. And then the second thing really was, Mike, the version of my book, Epic Content Marketing, really took off. And that totally surprised me. I had no idea that it was, I was just like, oh, I got to do an audio book. Let's do it. But I started getting calls and started to get actually business directly from the audio book. And it was selling really well. And I'm like, hey, there might be stuff to this audio thing. And then started the podcast in November of, of uh, last year, really with Robert Rose, as you said, with this old marketing. And it, really the, the easiest thing about that one is, Mike, is we, kept, we, di we did weekly calls. We did weekly calls on what was going on in content marketing. And I was in the car and I said, you know, we should have recorded that. And Robert said, well, we, why don't we just do that? And the next week we launched the first episode of this old marketing. Wow. Now, when did your book come out in audio format? Uh, it came out in October of 2013, and then the podcast, This All Marketing, was November, so it moved super quickly. Wow. Now, Jay, uh, arguably you were the first amongst us to start with the podcasting thing. Um, what was your motivation? Why did you decide to go for it back when you did, and when was that? We started in January of uh, 2012, so just finished uh, the third season of Social Pros. 150 episodes or something like that. And I wish I had uh, a story like Joe's where, where people who 
uh, supported my work said, hey, you should create a podcast or things like that. I mean, partially podcasting wasn't as far along then as it is now in the marketing community, but but it was really quite simple. Uh, Tristan Handy, who at the time was the director of marketing at Argyle Social, uh, a social media management platform that I uh, used to use and, and one of our sponsors of Convince to Convert, uh, said to me, hey, did you ever think about doing a podcast? We should do a podcast. And I thought, no and okay. Uh, and so we just kind of got together and said, okay, if we did a show, what would that show be like? And I said, well, let's let's try and create a show where the attention gets paid to the unsung heroes of social media, the people who are doing social media for big companies who, who don't get to speak at conferences very often, uh, who, who don't get written about in, in other people's blogs, but are doing the work every single day. Let's create a show that spotlights them. And we decided to call it Social Pros and, and put together uh, some some assets and, and launched it. And it's gotten much, much better over time. Uh, but it was very, very humble origins. But I realized almost immediately that of all the things that I'm involved in, the podcast has the most loyal audience and the most visceral connection to the audience. There's something about bringing somebody inside your head through your ear holes that ties you to that person in a way that reading a blog post or reading a book or anything else just doesn't. And uh, that's why we really love and treasure the social pros audience and the show continues to grow and grow and grow, uh, it's ended up being so far beyond what the expectations I had for it were at the beginning. It's uh, it's a real success story. I mean, that's, that's really cool. And, you know, here I am almost 130 weeks into my show, the one that everyone's listening to right now, which is about two years and maybe three months into this. And I've not missed a week. And I remember back when I was thinking about getting started, I was doing some research for a presentation I was going to be doing, and I was looking up people like Pat Flynn and Michael Hyatt, who were both relatively new podcasters at the time, and you know, each of them maybe had maybe 10 to 30 episodes in the can at most, and I was just noticing how they were just killing it, and I was thinking to myself, and then I saw Jay, you know, you were, I think you'd been doing it for maybe six months at that juncture, and maybe nine months, and I was like, huh wonder what these guys see. And then I started listening to podcasts, frankly, for the first time. And I didn't listen to podcasts until I actually started my own show, which is <laughs> full disclosure here, you know. And then I got hooked. And now I'm listening to podcasts like when I wake up in the morning, when I'm shaving, when I'm in the shower, when I'm in the car, when I'm at lunch. I mean, like, I can't get enough of it. And um, I think that to what you said, Jay, for me, it's been huge. Like, here I was kind of the man behind the curtain at social media examiner. And it wasn't until I really came out with my podcast that, um, that thought leadership that you talked about, Joe seemed to kind of organically come with it. Joe, have you seen, uh, in your case and in the case, you know, with you and Robert doing the show together, have you begun to see, uh, changes in your business or in the perceived, um, thought leadership that you have in the marketplace as a result of that show? Well, well, the an the short answer is yes, but I think the longer answer, and if we've got some marketing data people that, that like data points, here's a really good one. So as we've been doing more and more research and analytics and looking at the behavior of our core customers, which are who are the ones that are going to content marketing world, which we realized was that they they engaged in at least three different vehicles. Uh, they they there's a newsletter, a chief content officer magazine, a regular webinar listener, whatever the case is. And what we saw that was a tipping point was actually the number three. So we looked at okay, well we have to find 
better ways, newer ways to engage in this audience because we know that not everybody wants to get a print magazine. Uh, and we had nothing for audio. And of course, our target are marketers. And you know, our what we know about our audience is they commute a lot. They're out walking their dogs. They're, they they don't actually can't they don't have time to look at video in some cases. So there is an opportunity there. So as we brought the podcast on, we said, okay, well, if that's one of those three, there might be a tipping point to get those people to come to the event. And it hit me first, Mike, when we went to Content Marketing World Sydney, and I went out there and we did a we did a live content marketing world from Sydney there. This is in March of 2014. And I could not believe it. There must have been, uh, I don't know, 100 people or so at our live read. And every one of those people there were regular listeners. And I'm like, there's 100 people in, Aus- in Sydney, Australia, that are listeners of us. And to your point, Jay... They knew they know everything about us. I mean, they were asking me about the Cleveland Browns. They were asking me about the color orange. They knew all the things about me. And so there's this very intimate connection. So that's just that's a cool thing. But from a business standpoint, we realized this this could be a tipping point to those true believers that are very, very hard to to keep. And now we've got them even more loyal than we could possibly imagine. Jay, how did it help your business? <clears throat> well, I think one of the things that we started off thinking about with social pros and the kind of guests we have on the show was that a, it's going to allow us to spotlight some of our corporate clients. We do a lot of corporate strategy work for social media and content marketing, and it's going to allow us to put our clients on the air, which is good for them and indirectly good for us. And it's also going to allow us to interview our potential future clients, which is also a strong lead generation and business development strategy. So from a pure consulting perspective, it has those benefits. Certainly from, if you will, quote unquote, personal branding uh, and awareness perspective, it's, it's helped me a lot because I think people have some sense of what I know and what I can do. But when you when you experience somebody asking good questions and you experience somebody interacting with, with leaders in the field uh, of the biggest companies in the world and talking about how they do social media in a very specific, meaningful way, I think it positions me and my company as as a real leader in the field. I mean, we are a real leader. That's not a fake positioning, uh, but it certainly buttresses the positioning that we're shooting for. Uh, and it's, it's worked out quite nicely. Well, I would imagine it's also led to opportunities for you to be moderator on keynote stages for panels and stuff, because it's essentially the same thing you do on your podcast each week, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I've done a lot more sort of the MC moderator type work since I started the show. I think partially because people hear me in that role and have a sense of what I can do there. And also I'm better at it, right? When when you, you know, a lot of times we'll have four guests on the show, uh, multiple co-hosts and then the guest of the show for the week and and kind of keeping that, that um, panel moving uh, has made me a lot better at moderating conferences too. It's a similar skill set. Joe, um, you recently um, started a brand new show. And obviously, you wouldn't have done that if you didn't see some value in the other show. So tell us a little bit about what what the business decision was behind that and maybe what you're trying to accomplish. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's a it's a platform move. So when when I look at a media property, I don't look at it as there's a blog or there's a podcast or there's a magazine. I look at it. It's a content brand. It's a platform. 
So there's, I mean, no secret, I'm launching a new book. The book is called Content Inc. It'll be out in time for content marketing world in September. And to be honest with you, Mike, I thought it is such a waste to just produce a book. Mm. I mean, like, are you kidding me? I'm just going to do a book. And when, and I'm, I thought about that for, you know, a day. And then I'm like, okay, this should be a platform. If it's important enough to be a book, it's important enough to be a platform, a, a bigger media property. So uh, the, the plan would be, okay, well, we're going to launch these shorter segments of me t- targeting, talking to this audience of entrepreneurs. So Content Inc. is an entrepreneurial startup audience compared to uh, this old marketing, which is enterprise or larger marketers. But we said, I said, I've got a ton of that content already because I write regularly for LinkedIn. So I was like, okay, well, I can start to, I have the basis for that content. So I can actually start to create that, that content, work on that, read that. Basically, I'm reading that for my podcast. So I'm creating the core of that. Then that becomes republishing that into regular articles on the platform. Then I'll have other contributors as well. And then we'll splice all that together and that becomes a book and an event. So I guess that's where, you know, what's what I love about pod, you can launch an entire media platform off of the podcast itself. So that's the ultimate goal behind it. I mean, frankly, I just enjoyed, I think that it's great, these short form podcasts that compared to the hour that this whole marketing is, it's, you know, Content Inc. is between seven and 10 minutes. It's basically reading, you know, 800 words. And I absolutely, it's so much easier, frankly, to do. Uh, and we already have, we're reusing the content. So we're, I think maybe we're a little bit smarter about it, but I'm looking at it at a bigger picture of building something bigger than just the podcast. That is so cool. And back in uh, March of 2014, I interviewed Chris Ducker and Brian Clark from uh, Copyblogger Media about launching with podcasts. And that's uh, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 86. And Chris Ducker, I, I, I think his book is called Virtual Freedom. And he did a like 12 episode podcast Um you know, with the setup for his book and in full disclosure, what's my conference called social media marketing world. What's this podcast called social media marketing. It was originally designed to be a marketing vehicle for me to um, introduce the speakers for social media marketing world to an audience and ultimately sell tickets for social media marketing world. And it's, it's obviously done that and gone so far beyond that. Now, Jay to you, you've recently launched what I'm going to call a video show slash podcast, which I'm assuming you're distributing on iTunes and elsewhere. Tell us a little yes. bit about what, what, what the motivation was behind that and how that's working for you. The show is called Jay Today, and it's three videos a week. Each video is three minutes. And it's just me talking about social media, about content marketing, about business, about life. Uh, and I started it not necessarily because I wanted to you know have another property although you know we launched it with sponsors as we typically do but it was because I don't write as much as I used to, right? I I used to blog three times a week. Now I blog once a week. Uh, I've got social pros, but social pros isn't really about me. It's about the guest. The same way this show isn't about you, Mike. It's about your guest. And while you have a chance to to be part of it, it's not, the spotlight isn't on you. And so I kind of felt that as Convince and Convert as a media property was getting bigger, my own voice and my own ability to connect with people in a more personal, more visceral, and frankly, more frequent way was going by the wayside a little bit. And so I thought, you know, I I can do this. I've got the ability to make this happen. So we decided to launch a a show that had a great deal of 
uh, consistency of publication, but also very raw, very visceral, very real and approachable. And so I worked out a system with um, my team and Ken Didio, who does some of the back-end video production for us, that allows me to shoot the show on my iPhone in one take, upload it to their website, and it comes back the next day edited. We put the show, the J Today Show, on YouTube. We put it on Facebook. We put it on our website. We put it on iTunes as a video podcast. We put it on iTunes as an audio podcast. We transcribe it and make it a blog post. We transcribe it and make it a LinkedIn blog post. And we transcribe it and make it a blog post on Medium. So every single three-minute video becomes eight pieces of content. And, and while the audience in any one of those channels isn't enormous, I'm not um, a LinkedIn influencer like Joe, so I can't ring that bell as easily, but... but <laughs> The, the audience for any of those channels is not huge. It's, it's in the hundreds, not the tens of thousands or millions. But collectively, the J Today audience is pretty large. And I got to tell you, even more so than social pros, of all the things I've ever done, other than maybe my blog way back in the day many years ago when I was blogging every day and there was a lot fewer sort of people out there, uh, it is the thing that gets the single most reaction from people. I mean, I was I was at lunch today with a guy in my town who's sort of tangentially in the business. He's like, man, I sure do love those videos. I watch every single one of them. And that just doesn't happen anymore on the blog. Uh, and it's really interesting how, how I guess the way I think about it, Mike, and, and maybe a lesson for people listening, sometimes when you underproduce something, it exceeds expectations. And, and I think there's a real lesson there, right? We spend so much time thinking about well, how can we make this perfect? And instead, what if you just talked into your iPhone consistently? That's what I do. Awesome. Joe, um, you, you um, talk to me a little bit about the intimacy factor uh, of podcasting. How has it, um, how is it, you know, I mean, we hear so many people saying podcasts are so intimate because you're inside of someone's head, but how does that actually manifest its, itself in, I don't know if it's done anything for you, but you know, have you had anybody come up to you when you've been at events and act like they know who you are? I mean, do you understand That's what I'm saying? Strange. <laughs> That's the strangest thing. I mean, we're, I, it just happened this week. I was, I was walking downtown and somebody came up to me and said, Oh my God, Joe, I, I, I over the last two weeks, I've listened to every episode of PNR, this old marketing and started talking to me about Johnny Manziel. Cause I mentioned it on the last show and, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm really But you have excited. no clue it's who awesome. this guy is, right? And he totally knows no who you are. I've never met him before, but they know everything. So it's a little, by the way, it's a little scary. They know everything about me for the most part. I don't talk much about the kids, but other than that, they know everything about my feelings about the color orange and my sports franchises that I, you know, sweat over. Uh, and, and it's, it's so, that's super interesting. We have a, there's about. I don't know, I got about 10 to 15 people that feed us articles. So we're a news show. This whole marketing is a news show. We talk about the latest in content marketing news every week. And, and we don't even have to look for the articles anymore. They just send them to us. Here, check out this one. We got a whole feed because we had a whole system before, like how are we going to find the news? So we had it all set up. They just send it to us, which is, <laughs> which is unbelievable. But the, for, so that's just interesting. But so, but from a content marketing world, when I'm, meeting all these people. So let's see, we had 2,600 at the last show. And according to the, uh, the survey, 15% of those people listen to the podcast on a regular basis, yeah. which I think is unbelievably huge for a new podcast. Oh yeah. And we had 30% at our conference. Isn't that crazy? Jay, what, unbelievable. what's the marketing benefit to intimacy? I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but what's your take on this? 
Well, eventually, you're going to have to ask somebody to do something. And if they feel a connection to you, the chances of them saying yes when that ask comes is way, 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 way higher. It is, to borrow uh, a book title from somebody that we all know, it is the total jab, 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 right hook move. Hmm. Awesome. Um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to ask this one of you, Jay, because you've been doing this the longest, but how do you, how do you gauge whether your podcast is, is, is working or said another way, you know, it costs money to produce these shows or at least opportunity cost. So how do we know if what we're doing is working? What's the metric that you use to make sure that this is something you should continue doing? One of my frustrations with podcasting is that the metrics and KPIs totally suck. Um, and, and that is challenging for somebody like me who pays attention to that kind of thing and probably you guys as well. Uh, but we, we do look at what metrics are available, which are eh, okay. But we look at downloads. Uh, we look at where downloads are coming from. We look at episode growth. We look at all that kind of stuff. We certainly pay more attention to anecdotal evidence on the podcast than we do for something like the blog. Um, we absolutely want to make sure that sponsors are happy and that they're telling us that they're getting leads and seeing value from being a part of the show. Uh, We also really want to ask people who have been on the show, hey, did you enjoy the experience? Do you now listen to the show? Uh, Those kind of things. And then then we certainly look at other content assets that are created from the show. So every social pros podcast becomes a blog post, for example. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, all the J Today shows become many, many different content assets. We look at the the spread and the virality of those assets too as uh, as evidence that, that the show is having some sort of an impact. Mm. What's your take on this, Joe? Well, Hot. first of all, yeah, first of all, it's a it's a revenue generator. Um, I mean, that's when you, when you build an audience, I mean, we're a media company. So when we build an audience around something, we like to monetize it however we can. Uh, so it's actually a great vehicle for our partners. Uh, so we can talk about some, I mean, really they're buying the, the fact that, that Robert or I'll talk about them and give them a, a personal take on their product and service. But, you know, so that, from that standpoint, it's a real, it's a real value add. Uh, Jay's point can't be understated when you're talking about repurposing of content. And if there's a plan around that, so, you know, we used to produce an extra post every week. Now we don't have to because that post is replaced by this old marketing overview post. Uh, and of course, then we can drive traffic back to the podcast. And I, I, I think that if more people looked at its consistency and engagement, Consistency engagement over and over again, and that will equal revenue. You just have to find the mix for you. We know that it's three different things served up consistently over time. The recipes are different for each individual person that we target, but it's it's pretty much the number three and four we've got to hit. And uh, t- to your point about costs or opportunity costs, it's not. I mean, it it does. This comes take down to content. Mar- this comes down to content marketing in general, doesn't it? I mean, it always takes time and effort to create content, doesn't it? Yeah, you just have to choose. You have to make a bet. Now, we're all making a bet that this uh, this thing is – well, here's the other thing, and, and I think you, Mike, and you and I had a conversation about this before, and I've heard you mention it. I think that audio content is one of the areas where there's just not a lot of, of content providers as opposed to the people listening to it. There's, I mean, I look out all the time. There's all kinds of content gaps. 
way more than what you'd find on the web. Now, I know the, the readers or the, the audience isn't there yet, but they're going to get there. Uh, so I think that's an opportunity. If you're looking for a niche content platform to dominate, I think that you should maybe look at, at audio first. Well, and we should be very transparent for anyone thinking about getting started with the podcast that it is work. There is... Um there is uh, there is barrier to entry because there's equipment costs and there's technological barriers and it's not as easy as WordPress block you know it's just not and um, and in some regards that's good news for those of us that are podcasters because that means that um, there's not that crowded of a marketplace and uh, there is this is one of those kind of opportunities where. Um, it, we still are very early in the game. I think I think once Google decides to embrace podcasting the way Apple has, we're going to see the next big surge as Android devices maybe become pre-installed with a podcast player, just like Apple devices do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think once the next generation of cars start coming out next year and they've got these smart dashboards where you can plug in your phone, yep. I think we're going to see a lot of that stuff coming. Jay, I don't know. If, what are your thoughts? I mean, don't you think we're still... You know, I think this is still early yeah, days. Yeah, I mean, it's, hard. It, it's tricky, right? I mean, it is early days when you when you look at the entire landscape. I, I don't think it's as early days as maybe some people who haven't been in podcasting for a while think it is. I mean, we have uh, – I started a new website a couple of months ago called marketingpodcast.com, which, as you mentioned in the intro, is the very first search engine for marketing podcasts. And I built it not because I wanted to build it necessarily, but I built it because it didn't exist. And I could not believe that in 2015, there was not a search engine for marketing podcasts. I'm like, this is craziness. There's not a search engine for any podcast, much less marketing podcasts. So I said, look, you know what? This is so stupid. I'm just going to put my money on the line and just build it. And so we did, and it's worked out great. But you know what? There's 475 shows in that database already. So yeah, it's early days, and there's a lot more than 475 social media blogs. But it's not that early. And I've had conversations with a lot of people in the last, say, 60 days who were thinking about, hey, I should start a podcast. And you know what? You probably should. But the one thing that new podcasters almost never do, and I got to tell you, it's the kiss of death, is they don't go out and listen to podcasts of similar type and say, what can I do better? What can I do different? Because you have to realize that your audience is only going to come from two places. Your audience is either going to come at the expense of somebody else's audience or you're going to grow new listeners who don't listen to podcasts before, right? And and both of those are possible, but you got to really understand how your knife is sharper. You can't just make a show and hope to create an audience because you can't do that with a blog either or with an ebook or with a slideshare or with a Facebook page. So, yes, no question it's not nearly as competitive as other parts of content marketing, but that doesn't mean you don't need to understand how you can be better and go out and do that. And I will say that it helps if you have a platform. It's just like a book, right? When you come out with a book, if you don't have a platform, hey, you gotta launch some, it. Some kind, you know, it, you're gonna have to build it, and it takes time. And uh, if only somebody here wrote a book about how to launch something like that, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Please, exactly. we need it. <laughs> so yeah, um, so you know, it, it does take a lot of time. But one thing I want to let everybody know is, even if you only have a hundred people listening to your weekly podcast, um, the question is. Would you, if people came and listened to your uh, 45 minute or 60 minute show, depending on which one of us we're talking about here, every week there was a hundred people that met in a room and listened to you talk for 45 to 60 minutes every week. Don't you think that that would be something that that would be valuable? That would be huge. You'd be doing cartwheels. Most people be doing cartwheels. You're saying that I can get a hundred qualified people who are generally interested in my topic to show up in a ballroom and listen to me every week for 45 minutes. 
I mean, you know, take yeah. that out of context. As you say, they would be freaking out. You're like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, and we need to realize that, think about what the metrics are on your blog. You're lucky if you have someone stick around for a minute to two minutes, right? We're talking yeah, about no this is the best medium there is no better medium than audio to convey your message for long form content and truly develop the most loyal fanatical fans in the world. And I mean, the people that listen to this show, there's been 3 million downloads, more than 3 million downloads to this episode. Uh, I mean, to this show since I started. And these are some of the most, and you guys are listening. Hey, you know, you know this, you guys are crazy loyal. I had them take pictures of where they were in the world and people listen when they're on uh, canoes and when they're on horseback and tractors and all this kind of stuff. And it's why they're painting, you know, people love this. And if you, you know, are really thinking, I don't want to do this because I will not be the next Jay Bear. I will not be the next Joe Polizzi. Well, just think about how beneficial it could be for your business if you had just 100 people listening to you every week. Well, and you said the magic words. You said the magic words, Mike, and you, you said it right there about people canoeing and listening to the show. And you also talked about it at the very beginning of the show when you were telling us the story about your own introduction to podcasting and how you went crazy. And now you're listening to shows when you're taking a shower and all these other things. And that is the reason that podcasting is so successful and will continue to grow in importance because podcasting is the single and only form of content marketing that you can do while you're doing something else. Mm -hmm. You can't watch YouTube while you're driving. You can't read a blog post on horseback, at least not very easily. I mean, all the other things that we're doing in content marketing do not allow you to fit that content into other windows of your life, and that's what's driving the growth of podcasting. That and, and smartphone penetration. We published a, an infographic recently uh, coinciding with the launch of marketingpodcast.com, which talked about all these factors that are moving marketing podcasts into the forefront because it just makes it so much more efficient for you to learn and stay on top of business because you can do it at the same time as something else. Okay, I want to transition this dialogue into um, how this um, relates to the business side of things. And I want to talk about sponsors. Now, I will tell you guys, uh, I do not take sponsors on my show. Um, I use social media marketing podcast as a way to promote my own products and services rather than somebody else's. But I know that a lot of people listening right now are very interested in what you guys are doing with sponsors. And... Um, let me start with you, Joe. What tips um, would you give to people that are thinking about getting sponsors for their shows? And maybe how do you actually position your show to sponsors? Because I think if people heard how you position your show to your sponsors, they might get some some insight because your show is relatively young and you've been doing a great job with these sponsorships. It's, yeah, it's so weird. It's 60 episodes in and, and we're still young. We're still the the, the pups out there. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I come from a sales background, Mike, as you know, so I look at everything as in what's going to help the business from a revenue standpoint. And you're right, you can make that decision. Is it going to ultimately help my own other product lines or can we actually find a sponsor? Well, in, in uh, this old marketing's case, we believed we could find a sponsor. And the way that we position it is that we tell the sponsors that they have to have something that's relevant and it has to be a content offering. We will never just promote the product or service. And this is the same thing we do for all everything we do for our, our ebook uh, sponsorships, for our webinar sponsorships. Everything has to be relevant, educational. And we go through that and we approve it. They can't just say, okay, here's what we want to do. We actually have to 
it has to be something relevant. And some of our sponsors don't like this, but that, but most of them do because they actually want the guidance to understand what works. So the way that we do that is, is that, you know, we'll get the, the marketing asset. Uh, Robert and I will review it beforehand. Uh, we have a little, you know, I make up a very folksy overview of it because I don't want to just read what they gave me. I want to give them, you know, my own opinion of the piece and why people should download it. We have a unique uh, URL bit.ly link so that we can track that. So I say that on the air. And then what we do is when we do the overview post of that, uh, so we, we usually produce the post on Mondays or Tuesdays, and then the post comes out on contentmarketinginstitute.com on Saturdays, then they get another little promotion with a picture of the marketing asset. And that works really, really well. I mean, anecdotal ev- evidence from you know from the sponsors, they've said that it's been super successful, they've been able to generate business, and then I can see the clicks through for it too. Now, I have to tell you that almost all those clicks come through the blog. So if... Yeah, this you is very just interesting. Doing it, if you were just doing it without a platform, you've got to look at a different model. I know that our works because we have the secondary distribution on the platform on the on the blog, and if we didn't have that, it would be much more difficult to show that uh, sponsors were getting benefit. And you, just to use kind of the 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 the, the industry phraseology, you do, you do with your show what's called a mid roll, which means that you run your ad. Um, in the middle of your show, and typically it's deep into your show, like 30 minutes in approximately after you guys do your main content. Um, and then you go ahead and talk about who the sponsor is and you talk about the asset and you and Robert kind of go back and forth and spend about a minute talking about it. And then, like you said, you also embed it in what we call show notes over here, which is basically your blog post that's affiliated with your podcast. The benefit to that, obviously, is that that's long form a link back to the sponsor and you're coupling those two things together, if you will, bundling them together, which I think is smart because one of the things that we've determined is that podcasts are a very passive medium, meaning because people are on the go, they often aren't going to stop. You know what I mean? And they're not going to like do whatever action you want them to do right there on the spot. So knowing that they can go to the show notes to find the sponsor thing obviously is beneficial to you. Now, Jay, I know you've had sponsors from day one. How do you do things differently and what tips would you give our listeners who are thinking about getting sponsors for their show? It's similar to how Joe handles it, although perhaps taken to the next level in that we don't really have show sponsors. We have convince and convert sponsors. And, and those sponsors uh, are, are part of what we do in email. They're part of what we do on the blog. They're part of what we do on the podcast. And we're trying to maximize value for them in an omni-channel, cross-channel way. So similar, typically the sponsors, uh, we usually have four at a time. Uh, typically those sponsors are promoting content executions as opposed to software downloads themselves. And so uh, we'll do a live read where I read the commercial uh, that I typically write or just kind of usually make up off the top of my head uh, in the middle of the show, usually two towards about a third of the way sh- uh, through the show and, and two about two-thirds of the way uh, through the show. And then we also acknowledge them at the open, the recorded open, and also at the recorded close. Um, but I, I see the exact same thing that, that Joe sees. When you track the actual bitlies of the audio mention on the podcast, it's like, eh, it's okay. Uh, but but the other things, the email, the blog, the other things that we're doing for sponsors is what really drives the actual behavior. So I think it's important to to 
to you know understand that, especially when you're trying to track downloads, right? When you're trying to say, hey, get this free ebook, etc., that that behavior isn't really conducive to podcast listening. It's not like, okay, let me, I'm on a canoe and I'm listening to the show and now I've got to get this ebook. Like, I don't want an ebook, I'm on a canoe. So the great thing about podcasting is it allows you to do something else while you're listening. The tough thing about podcasting is that it allows you to do something else while you're listening, and that something else is probably not downloading something. So it really does help for the kind of shows that that we all have to tie sponsors into multiple channels. I think it just ends up being a better result for them. Now, in the early days, you had your sponsor as a co-host, right? Is, are you still doing that? Uh, we still do in parts, yeah. Um, Jeff Roars from Salesforce Marketing Cloud has been a, a, a co-host of the show for a long time, and they've been a sponsor for a long time. Uh, we're just um, uh, thinking through how that's going to all unfurl for 2015. We may make some changes to the way we've done it in the past. It, it can be a little challenging to have different co-hosts as, as sponsors switch out, but most of our sponsors have been with us for years, so we haven't had a lot of changes in that role, but a little bit for sure. Well, and you know, one of the one of the upsides I think if I was to sell a sponsorship would be that intimacy again, right? Um, it's kind of like when you have this personality who's the host of the show who has a really loyal following in the case of both of you, um, make a recommendation. It's equivalent to an endorsement, really, right? And 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 I think because you built so much equity, as we talked about earlier, Jay, right, with your listeners, you um, you have the right to go ahead and say, "Hey, check this thing out." And people, out of respect for you, if the content is valuable for them, will. But even if they don't, they're going to hear that brand, and they're going to hear that brand hopefully over and over again. And next time they yeah. come across that brand, they might recognize that brand. So just the branding exposure could be valuable. Do you find sponsors put any credence on that? I think they do. It's obviously hard to track. Right. But what really helps, and this happens consistently, when a sponsor says, hey, we just landed this big new client, and they say that they listen to the show all the time and they heard about us on Social Pros. Mm. So, so it doesn't take too many of those anecdotes to get sponsors understanding in addition to the downloads that we've generated, oh, this this actually works. Because, you know, for every person who actually, you know, ended up going through the funnel and becoming a customer, there's a bunch of other people who are somewhere in the consideration stage. So it it absolutely makes a difference. I mean, you're talking about tens of thousands of people on a regular basis who are who are, you know, in the target market listening to the show and hearing me talk about that sponsor on a consistent basis over a period of a year in many cases or multiple years. Right. Um, so that clearly has an impact impact. It's just really hard to to put a number around that. And that's a challenge. It's a challenge for me. It's a challenge for them. It's a challenge for podcasting, I think. Joe, do you find that the best way to sell sponsorships is more on demand generation side than branding? Well, it's funny just listening to you t- talk. The marketing directors that we work with, well, so it's good. Most of our sponsors have been returned uh, to return sponsors. So something's working. I think personally in talking to them, they love the fact that we just talk about them. They absolutely love that. They get giddy about that kind of stuff. So that's fantastic, but that doesn't get them budget. Mm. So they, what gets them budget is downloads. Right. So that's, you know, and leads you know, really, over a right? four, basically we sell monthly sponsorships uh, over a four week period. Uh, we show the amount of downloads. And, uh, and then we try to coach them in actually, you know, having better pieces of content and assets so that we can get more people, you know, demanding their, their content. Awesome. Well, you guys, um, I know that we've just scratched the surface and, and the three of us, we're all friends. We could talk about this for a whole hour more. Um, but 
we have to respect the uh, the listeners here and and let them move on with their life, even though many of them are saying, no, don't stop. <laughs> um, Jay, tell us a little bit about the marketing podcast site, which you recently come out with and where people obviously can find that and all that fun stuff. It's marketingpodcasts.com. As I mentioned, it's the first search engine and only search engine for marketing podcasts. You can go to the site and look about look up for shows on social media or on content marketing or branding or small business, entrepreneurship, uh, graphic design, etc. And you will find a bunch of shows, some you've probably heard of, like this great show, other shows you've never heard of that you might discover are truly amazing. So we have those shows uh, organized uh, using an algorithm that we wrote and are continuing to perfect. And then we also review shows every week like you would have on a on a blog or a movie review site. So we review uh, new podcasts every week. You can sign up for our email. We send it out every Friday. And in that email, we tell people, hey, here's the new shows we've added to the database as well as new shows that we have reviewed with our own editorial team. And that email has become really, really popular immediately, which is uh, which is great. The open rate and the click-through rate on that email are, are insane. So it's really great. We're, we're having a lovely time with the site. And uh, I think people will be surprised at how well it works on a phone and all those kind of things. And if you listen to the show and you do not listen to the Social Pros podcast, you definitely want to add that to your uh, your directory of shows. Joe. Um, Thank you, sir. Yeah, my pleasure. Joe, tell us where we can discover more about your shows and you in particular. Well, we, you know, I became such a believer after you coaxed me into it, Mike, that uh, now we have a podcast network. So all the... <laughs> All the podcasts for contentmarketinginstitute.com are available. Go to contentmarketinginstitute.com, click on podcast. You'll see This Old Marketing. You'll see Content Inc., my, the solo show that I do. You'll see Claim Your Fame, which is a great new show from Andrew Davis that just launched. You'll see The Pivot from Todd Wheatland. You'll see Content Marketing um, the Next from Pamela Muldoon, and we're launching more and more of these. So I've got the fever. Uh, we are just continuing to launch these these things, and we're to, to we talked about it earlier. We're looking for gaps, so we're seeing where their gaps are. And Jay's advice is really good: go and see where there's gaps, and we're trying to fill those gaps with amazing uh, content on a consistent basis. Repeat that URL again, Joe. Contentmarketinginstitute.com, and then just click on podcasts, and you'll see all the podcasts in the network. Awesome, Jay Bear, Joe Polizzi. Thank you both for joining me today. On behalf of all of our listeners, you are awesome. You can say thank you if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were done. Thank you. Well, we didn't want to mess up. You're doing mess up your show clothes. Thanks, <laughs> I thought that was it. I thought that was it. Then we cue music. Well, I hope you are convinced of the power of podcasting. I mean, I can only tell you from my own experience, it's been a life changing from my personal experience. And of course, the whole business side of things has been huge. I hope you check it out. If there's anything we mentioned in today's show, like that cool little thing we mentioned in the beginning of the show or anything we mentioned during the interviews that you missed, well, don't worry about it because we take all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 128. That stands for episode 128. Also, if you're new to the show and you've not yet subscribed, it's free. Just hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast player you're using. And if you haven't already done so and you've been a regular listener, would you consider giving us a rating and or a review? Socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes or socialmediaexaminer.com slash Stitcher. Now, the reason we ask for this is because it helps get us more exposure to new people, or so we think and so we hope. And it's always cool for me to hear what you think about the show. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. 
I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. And by the way, if you want to tweet me, it's Mike underscore Stelzner. Mike underscore S-T-E-L-Z-N-E-R. I just realized I've not really put my Twitter ID out there at all in any episodes. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.